Father in heaven, in the time that is remaining, may we focus, may we continue our worship as we study your word for this next segment. Lord, allow us after communion to embrace your love in a, in a way that does something to our hearts this morning. And we thank you that we're able to communicate and celebrate and focus on your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Great. You know, according to psychology today, it affects 66% of adults. And if you're talking about the demographic between 18 and 24, the statistic jumps to 77%. The ailment that I'm talking about is something called nomophobia. Nomophobia is the fear of being separated from your mobile device. (laughs) Psychology Today states that the ailment or the phobia is rising and it's becoming a significant, significant issue. Ask yourself, what happens when you're out and you notice that your phone is at 8%? <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel? How do you feel when uh, you go into your pocket or your purse and your phone's not there or where it's supposed to be? How do you feel about it? Right? Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to argue the merits of technology and the merits of the phone and the merits of... Uh, All of that stuff. What I am going to say about it, though, what I am going to say about it is I think it's a beautiful and and a powerful illustration of our need to want to connect. That we have this, this, you know, intrinsic part of us that has to connect in in some way or another. And, you know, uh, counselors uh, are calling, are, are beginning to call. Uh, our mobile devices, uh, SMIBs, which are soulmates in a box. Um, also starting to call people dead walkers um, because you're walking with your phone and you don't notice anything or anybody else. And you're like a zombie. You know? So that's the kinds of things that, that counselors are, are, are starting to see. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, it's a very Ill- interesting illustration because I've said on a number of occasions that there's two primary things that when it comes to the people that that I interact with on a regular basis, um, there are two dynamics that affect their spiritual walk. And we're going to talk for the next couple of weeks about about these these issues. We're talking about relationships. The two areas that affect our spiritual vitality, which, which we talked about, the first one is emotional well-being. We talked about that uh, a number of weeks ago. We said emotional well-being. As a pastor, when people come into the office, when I get calls, when, when I, 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 I get you know, invited into the situation, emotional well-being, and the second one is relational well-being. Those two are what affect people on the vast majority of times in their spiritual vitality. If they're struggling with something emotionally, they're struggling with something relationally, it absolutely affects 
the way they see God, the way they see the world, the way they see whether he's providentially involved, the way they see if God is good. You know, um, so many times what happens to us emotionally and relationally, we, we question whether there's a good God. We question whether, God, whether everything God does for us is good. You know, those, those become the things, the, the on-the-ground experiences that force us or make us look at God in a, in a totally different way. Um, so those are the things that... that, that you know, as, as a pastor, I'm constantly combating in the, in the lives of people. Um, how, you know, your emotional understanding, your, your, your relational understanding, because those are the things that affect people's spiritual vitality. So I want to be really upfront and, and, uh, and clear about how, how much. And next week when we have the counselor, we're going to have a, a counselor come in and talk about uh, in, his, in, in their practice, what they're seeing relationally with people. And we're going to talk about that. It's going to be the interview that we're going to do uh, next week. Um, and, and so... Make sure you hear it because it's really important. But, you know, in, in, all this, in all the studies, you know, there was all kinds of passages I could have gone to uh, about relationships. But, but the passage that I ended up landing on isn't your typical relational passage. And I'm going to explain why I chose the, this particular passage because I thought it was very, very, very uh, important. And um, I want to read it really quickly out of Ephesians. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus about some really important things and some really important um, principles about the Christian life. And you know anything about the book of Ephesians? It starts out very much universal. You know, God who created all things and, and, and the universal nature and the expansiveness of God. And by the time you get to the end of, end of the book, it's very individualistic. It kind of spirals down this way. That's the power of the book of Ephesians. It talks about individually how this universal, great, uh, mystical mystery of God affects us right here and now. And this is what he writes to the church at Ephesus. And it's very important when we talk about relational health um, to understand what the foundation is of relational health. And here, here we go. Apostle Paul writes, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. I was really fascinated. Thank you, uh, worship team, because all the songs that talked about God's love. We're going to talk about that in, in just a minute. Uh, and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. I love this line. As all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand or to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. The fullness of life. Remember where this whole series was generated from John 10.10 when Jesus says, I will give you life and give it to you in the fullness, in the full. Okay. And here's Paul using that same terminology. Power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. 
Amen. Now, when it comes in that, it's a beautiful, that's a beautiful passage, isn't it? Um, and a powerful passage. Now, there are two realities. When we talk about relationships in the Bible, there are two dimensions, two horizons, however you want to talk about it. The first, um, and, and, you know, we've talked about this before. The first is the vertical dimension, the connection with God. You know, our, our vertical dimension is the connection with God. The entire Bible is built on these two dimensions. There's a vertical dimension that is the connection to God. There's a horizontal dimension that is connection to one another. The Ten Commandments are structured this way. The, the great, the great uh, commandment um, is, is this way. Love God, love, love people as yourself. What we get our, our vision, mission statement from. Is, is part of how the entire Bible is structured. There is, there is never in the Bible this one dimension. There's always these two dimensions of relationship. And how the vertical dimension of our relationship is with God affects the way our relational um, experience is on the ground. Jesus even, even, even intimated that you can tell a person's uh, vitality spiritually with God in the way that they treat the people around them, especially the people they care about. Now, this is a, a relational problem, isn't it, for most of us? Okay? So, here, here, are, the, here are the things that, that I, want to, um, I want to stress. I want to look at that passage again really quickly um, and look, look at the communication of love in this passage. God's love how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. And may you experience that love. It's, it's, it's a prayer that Paul has for every believer about the love of, of God. Now, here, here's, here's, here's the deal with me, okay? This is why this passage kind of moved me quite a bit, okay? Because knowing the horizontal and the vertical relationship uh, that the Bible promotes. You know, um, you hear quite a bit from people that we need to not stress so much the love of God. We need to start talking a little bit about the judgment of God. Okay, now I agree with that. I, 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 think, I, I think we need to also communicate that, that God can be a, a God who judges and a, a God who has... Uh, expectations about how we live. But here's what we miss when we don't promote the love of God. The love of God is the constant in our lives. Can I, can I be really frank? Most of us, most of us know that horizontally relationships are fraught with all kinds of problems. Right? Vulnerability is a problem for us. How many of us have, have been in relationships that we thought were going to last forever and didn't? Or relationships that you thought was going to be a certain way and it didn't. And, you know, um, there's all kinds of problems with relationships. We know that relationships on the ground are fraught with all kinds of problems. And many of us struggle relationally. Um, in so many ways, right? Um, and again, that's, that's a whole different conversation, all that stuff. But what I love about passages like this, it reminds us that there is one constant in our relationships is the constant of God's love for us. You see, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, 
I've never had anybody come up to me and say, we need more hellfire and brimstone for me or for the people I love. I've never had somebody come up to me and say, you know what, I haven't been judged in a long time and I would really like to be judged again because I kind of miss it. You know, I've never, I've never had anybody come up to me and say, you know what, I need to be reminded just how much uh, a sack of garbage I am. I, I, I don't get that. I don't get that. Because the reality is, there's a part of you that struggles with that in your own mind about your own self-worth, about your own love, about your own ability to be of value to someone else or to something else. Don't we all just struggle? Can we just be honest about that? But isn't it amazing that God loves you? See, judgment we understand. Judgment we can rationalize. Judgment we can, we, you know, we can say, I deserve this. But how many of us question whether or not we even deserve the love of God? You see, all your relationships, the stability of your relationships are often, are often judged and mitigated by the quality or, or the depth of love that you have for yourself or the, uh, the understanding of the depth of love that God has for you. And that's, that's a powerful constant in the Bible. That's a powerful reminder in the Bible. That's why the love of God is so important for us, because we'll never have relational health to the degree that we should horizontally if we don't grasp the idea that we are deeply loved by God vertically. That he sent his son to die for us, that we are valued in, in his sight, that we are precious in his sight, that he sent his son, regardless of how we feel about ourselves or how others feel about ourselves, about us on the horizontal level, that the vertical level, there is a consistency to God that we dare not ignore. That's why the love of God is so important. And, and here's, here's, um, here's um, you know, the one statement I want to make that I think helps us. When it comes to relationships, focus on what Jesus can do, not what you can do. Um, focus on what Jesus can do, not what you can do. How many of us... When it comes to relationships horizontally, you know, check out with people or, or judge them in a particular way. But a little trick that, that I've learned over the years is not to look at people, you know, the way I see them. Because I'll always, you know, from a human standpoint, you know, if, if, they're, if they're difficult to care about, if they're difficult to love, if they're difficult to to get along with, you know, we all have people like that. If there's toxic people in our lives, if there's, if there's people that we're having difficulty with, you know, the equation is, is I'm going to always measure people based on what's comfortable for me. But if I measure people by what Jesus can do in their lives, that's a whole different game. That's a whole different position. That is a whole different viewpoint. If you just say, Jesus, you know, 
I don't get along with this person. This person is difficult in my life, but what can you do in their lives? Or what can I change in my life in order to have that relationship work a little better? You know, Paul says in Romans, you know, as best as you are able to get along with whoever, you know? I love that line. It's kind of your, it's kind of our spiritual out. As long, you know, as far as you are able to get along with everybody. Because you know, you're not, you, you know, you, you can't get along with everybody the same way you do with certain people. But if you, if you view them in what Jesus can do in their lives, that's going to make a tremendous amount of difference. And, and of course, you've heard me say the new, the two questions that I often try and, and use in relationships. You know, uh, is, this a, is this a problem to be solved or a person to be loved? Is this a problem to be solved or a person to be loved? Or, you know, do I want to make a point in this person's life or do I want to make a difference? Those are, those are two very powerful questions when it comes to your relationships. And listen, um, don't, don't hear me say that you always default to the love side, because there's times and there, and there are moments in your life where you need to make a point in a person's life. In order to love them and to make a difference in, in their lives, you need to make a point. You know, and there's times where, where you need to say, this person's a problem that I need to solve, okay? Because I need to solve something in this person's life in order to love them the way. What I'm saying about those questions is that you need to be aware where you fall, you know, how, how you're relating to that person and, and to be totally aware of it, okay? Because you're asking those significant questions about how Jesus would interact, interact with them. Okay, I'm out of time. I'm sorry. I'm out of time. Um, so when it comes to relationships, focus on what Jesus can do, not what you can do. I just want to close with a, one really quick illustration. That was the, um, the, you know, the shortened version of a, very long sermon, okay? Um, I jumped to a, a number of points, but, but relational health is really, really important. There's, a, there's a, an organization called the Search Factory in Australia, and uh, I just want to close with this because I thought it was so telling. And, and they, uh, they, were, they surveyed the, the Internet and the Google searches as it related to relationships, and, and they... And, and, and they put in order um, the relational searches that people were doing on Google. And they found the progression really, really interesting. And I just thought this would be good. The first one, question, people would Google this question. And, and here it is, why did I get married? 40,500 monthly searches for that question. Second which really surprised me. This, this one really surprised me. How do I ask a guy out? Was the second one. Boy, ask any guy. He's got the answer. Just ask. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, what's so hard about that? You know what I mean? Like, really? You like me? Wow. Okay. Number three was how do you mend a broken heart? Don't sing the Bee Gees. Well, whoever, yeah. <laughs> I know how many of you wanted to sing right away. <laughs> how do you mend a broken heart? Number four, how to have an affair. You really have to ask Google? How to have an affair? 
Number five, listen, it gets worse. How to get away with murder. And the last one, how to hide a dead body. Are relationships important? Let's, let's, can we just agree that relationships are important? And can, we, and, and, can we, and can we close by saying the state of our relational health has incredible impact to our spiritual vitality? Because when you find yourself in a state like that, if you find yourself in a circumstance like that, if you find yourself in a position like that, your spiritual vitality virtually disintegrates, virtually disappears, virtually becomes non-existent because you're so concerned with something on the ground that you lose out on the potential of what God could do in your life. And you absolutely... I don't know how many people I know, I know, have checked out to a relationship with God because of some relational situation in their lives and ultimately because of that it affects the eternal and even even living life to the fullness that jesus promised those are very important so don't mess next week as we have a counselor talk about what they see in their practice when it comes to relational health let's pray father thank you For this morning, as we talk about relationships and this um, important topic, because it affects so many of us, especially as it relates to our spiritual vitality. And Lord, uh, you know, for someone who is here today, they know exactly what we're talking about. They're experiencing that right now. They're not... They're not having the ability to pray. They're not having the ability to read scripture. They're feeling that you're not even connected in their lives. And they have lost basically a sense of hope. And they're even saying right now, why am I even bothering with a relationship with God? Why am I even bothering coming to church? Because nothing seems to be going right for me. So Lord, I pray that you would, that you would touch their heart this morning. That you would cause them to... Be reminded of your great love for them, that you would touch their heart, that you would touch their life, and reaffirm in them, Lord, a relational health with you before they enter into relational health horizontally. In Jesus' name, amen.